an ad for something I actually like. That's a turnout for the books. Burbaker Unlimited Moat Builders will provide your keep, castle, or hovel with a secure defensive system. Choose from their wide range of moat fillers, including lava, piranha schools, sharks, acid zombies, boiling tar, or water. How mundane. Anyway, buy one moat, get a free drawbridge while stocks last. I think I'll get one myself. Maybe it'll stop those horrible kids throwing eggs at my laboratory. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me, somewhat unusually today, is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Gold Rollflares. As ever, absolutely fabulous to be here, Russ. Did you spot the lie that I just made? No, did you lie? I said it was unusual that uh. you'd be here. But, in fact, it is quite usual for you to be here recording the podcast. I went and played Adventurous League on Saturday, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, we played the Dark Pyramid of Sorcerer's Isle, mm-hmm. um, and there was a pyramid. It was actually silver, so obviously I was miffed about the description. But there's all sorts of wacky stuff going on, and quite frankly, um, I'd just like to say it was all going perfectly well until the party wizard decided to throw, what's it, Snilix Snowball Storm at us, which meant that I lost four hit points, which wouldn't have been a problem if the enemy then hadn't done enough damage to take me down to zero. That's unfortunate. You see, if they had thrown a snowball storm at me... You'd have been fine. Yeah, I would have been. Well, not fine. You'd have been on four hit points, but... Well, yeah, but to be, to be fair, if you give me that sort of, like, you know, massive amount of rigor room of being on four hit points, like I can do a fairly amount, fair, fair amount of murder. But yeah, yeah, I just wrote that action column. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hashtag Team Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Do you get up to anything? Uh, mainly work this week. It's been uh, quite, uh, quite a week. Oh, yes, you're preparing for UK Games Expo. Well, there's, there's that coming up. So Ooh. we've been sorting out um, our stand at UK Games Expo. I just want to say, um, we will be at UK Games Expo. And uh, not only will I have a stand, I'll be on the EN Publishing stand, which will be mainly Judge Dredd decorated. Yes. Um, so if you, we've got a six-foot cardboard Judge Dredd standee. So just look for that. Yes. Um, not only will I be there on the stand selling Judge Dredd books and stuff, um, but Peter is also at UK's Expo and will probably be dropping around the stand from time to time. So he'll be there too from time to time. Yes. I understand Morris may enjoy doing the thing we call eating and drinking. I'm not sure I want to encourage him in these bad habits. One shouldn't become dependent upon such things. From the stand, I'm not sure I'm have much chance to eat and drink, to be honest. From what it sounds like, I'm going to be basically working on the stand from 8 in the morning until about yes. 6 in the evening. Yes. Pretty solidly. Yeah. And then I then imagine... getting trolleyed in the far well, I imagine at that point, I just collapse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I've never actually done a stand. Yes. It's my first time doing a stand, and it sounds like it's... Well, I know, the I know, thing to remember is bring a chair. Well, that's called a stand. Multiple chairs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You don't, give, don't give people chairs to sit on. Mm. Otherwise, they'll just stay and talk to you and take up chairs. Yeah. No, no, no. So what we have been doing, though, yes. is um, also uh, Luna 1 for Just Red is finished. Ooh. And I've been proofreading it, oh. ready to send off to Rebellion for um, approval. approval, at which yes. point Luna 1 will be available, and I think it's really oh. good. Because basically, the fun, the fun thing with Luna 1 is, um, in 2000 AD, the Luna Colony is kind of just like the Wild West. It's mm. all very sort of frontier-themed, and 
Um, you get these little lunar frontier towns in little oxydomes and stuff like that, and they're very much like little Wild West oh. towns, and they have sheriffs and all that sort of stuff, and mayors and. Yeehaw. Mm, yeah, so I'm actually actually quite looking forward to that quite a lot. It's Marvelous. quite a nicely themed nicely themed thing. So that that's done. Yes. And it's about hundred odd pages or so, I think. Ooh, if I remember correctly. Nice. Um so that's done. So that'll go to Rebellion this week and hopefully well as soon as they approve it, yes. I mean in theory it could be on sale within a week or two. Fantastic. What I'm really hoping is to have some copies printed to take to UK Games Expo. Oh, damn. But if I do manage that, there'll only be a very, very small number of copies. Yes. I'm talking like 20 or 30. Limited print run. Yeah. There's no, yeah Are one. you going to sign them? With what? A pen. Oh. Signing them with other things. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's traditional. There's a reason why. Um, I will sign things if people think that is a thing that they would want. Yeah, I mean, who wants to sign a copy of a game by its creator? That's so dull. Well, we've got Darren Pierce will be dropping by the stand to do some uh, signing. He's, the Darren Pierce? No, just a Darren Pierce. Oh, I just, okay. you know. Right. <laughs> just the guy. It's not the same name. It's complete coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Darren, Darren Pierce will be there. Uh, Andy Peregrine will be on the stand. Uh, the Andy Peregrine? So he can... No, just a Andy Peregrine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Peregrine is his name. <laughs> uh, so he'll sign copies of Robot Wars and stuff. Uh, Wow, nice. Um, I'll be there, obviously. Yes. Um, I'm happy to talk to anyone about this podcast, about EN World, about EN Publishing, about yeah. Just Dredge, about any of the stuff I do. Should that, we should, we we should do, do some news. Should we do that? All right, then, let's talk about some news. All right, then. So, item number one in the news this week, bum, bum, bum. in the tabletop role-playing game news, oh. the unofficial tabletop role-playing game news. Yes, yes. The uh, Big Eyes, Small Mouth... Which is an anime role-playing game. I've heard of that one. Ah. Yeah. Uh, But it was originally produced uh, back in 97 by Guardians of Order. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been around over the years. Um, It's on fourth edition now. uh, So there is going to be a fourth edition. It's just been announced um, by Mark McKinnon, who is the original uh, founder of Guardians of Order, which is the company that... Uh, so we're going to go back in time a bit and there's a little bit of controversy surrounding this one was that, was that the way back machine to way back yes back in time yes my, my news announcement wasn't very structured here was it I started yes. in the middle rather than the end well, <laughs> why would I start at the end I started in the middle it's rather than the beginning it's your storytelling instincts <laughs> coming to the fore start in the middle then go to the beginning and get cut to the middle and then to the end that's how it was so so Guardians of Order collapsed yes. a couple of decades ago Uh, and it was quite a a bad collapse in the sense that a lot of people were left owing money it was wound up I mean not not an elite uh, you know um, it was wound up and um, I think how does it work Uh, the bankruptcy some creditors get paid and others don't there are priority creditors yeah or something like that anyway so um, a lot of freelancers didn't get paid for work they'd done oh and um, there were some other debts and stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, George R. R. Martin at the time, because um, Guardians of Order were also doing a um, Game of Thrones RPG Ooh. at the time. Yeah. And George R. R. Martin lost contact with them as well. Oh, okay. And obviously this was before the 
Game of Thrones TV, like a decade before the Game of Thrones yeah, TV yeah, series yeah. and stuff. But um, um, yeah, so he wasn't happy, and he sort of announced the um, the company had collapsed on his blog yeah. because the the company hadn't announced anything. Right, and George R. R. Martin couldn't contact them. Yeah, and again, eventually he found out that Mark McKinnon was sort of selling real estate somewhere or something like that. I, I, I'm not sure the exact details. How she do? But you can look up that blog post. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, there was this collapse of the company. Yes, a lot of people left their money. Mark yeah. McKinnon goes off and does something else. Okay. Uh, a lot of people were pretty angry. Yes. Uh, so now a fourth edition of the game has been announced. And of course a lot of... By the same Mark McKinnon. By Mark McKinnon. A lot of these freelancers are sort of saying, hang on a second, I still haven't been paid. Um, so, I mean, I'll let the, I'll let the listeners decide um, for their own. But, um, but, but, but essentially... Um, there's a new edition of, of uh, Big Eyes Small Mouth and Silver Age Sentinels which is another game that they produced at the time mm-hmm. being um, updated by Mark McKinnon to a fourth edition right um, with additional writing by Sean D. Francis yes and uh, also um, there's some foundational writing contributions I'm not sure what that means exactly I think that means work used from back in the day but I'm not sure mm-hmm. by David Pulver Jeff McIntosh and uh, Jude McLaughlin yes yeah, I, it's got to be back in the day because I think Jeff McIntosh is not with us anymore. Oh. So, it's, it's, it, yeah, it must be back in the day. Right. The work they did. So anyway. That, that, sound, that sounds intriguing. Yeah, so fans of um, anime role-playing games. Yes. New edition of that coming. I guess people will just have to sort of look into it and decide for themselves. Yes. Whether they want to support that or not. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, well, that's that news anyway. Yeah, mm. big eyes, small mouth. Yeah. Yep, anything else? Yeah, anything else? Uh, spaceships and Star Worms. Oh, yes, that's a Kickstarter, isn't it? Yes. Taking D&D to space. Yes, D&D 5th edition to space. Yeah, yes. it's completely different from Esper Genesis, which also takes D&D 5th edition I think there's quite space. a few things around that do that sort of thing. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of the latest one. But um, I, I, I always have difficulty understanding how people do this, but they're always very enthusiastic. It's like horror, sci-fi. They're like, yes, that's been, this fancy dinner crawl system is perfect for wine. But that's always been the case of D&D, though. I understand like, that. Going back it, 40 years, they've always done that. Absolutely. I, I 100%... And sound. It's not making it much of a better idea, but absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Well, yes, you do. I think it's fun. I mean, you know, what's Starfinder? That's D&D in space. Yes. And that seems fairly popular. Yes. People seem to like it. Absolutely. I haven't played it myself. I've got it. I haven't had the opportunity to play it. Ah. It's very pretty. One day, one day. Anyway, um, so Starship and Star Worms. Yes. It's D&D 5th edition in space. Yes. And you can download a beginner's kit for free. Ooh. And then you can back the Kickstarter. $20 will get you the PDF. 35 will also get you um, an adventure and some other bits and pieces with it as well. Yeah. And then for the print version, you're looking at $60. Oh, and even international shipping. How exciting. It's interesting how this article we're looking at saying there's even international shipping available. Yeah. Oh, everyone knows only Americans play role playing. <laughs> yeah, so it's, not, it's not unusual. <laughs> so it's going to be pretty big. It's about 400 pages. Yeah. Uh, 13 playable species, uh, five new classes, ooh. two augmented classes, not sure what that is. Various archetypes for bards, fighters, rogues, paladins, and sorcerers. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot, but it sounds very really Starfinder y. Yep. 
Um, they, they've got like a hundred new monsters or so. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably going to check it out. It looks quite yeah. interesting. Don't see why not. Yeah. Um, so also in the news. Okay, right then. What are the most popular D and D items? You know these D and D Beyond data dumps. Yes. Got another one, and this one is about items equipped. Oh. So um, I've not long actually, sword. I, um, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so you've got three choices. You've yes. got weapon, armour, and magical items to okay. choose from. Yes. So weapon, you're going longsword. Armour? Oh, uh, I'm going to say scale mill. Okay, and a magical item? Ooh, um, healing potion. Okay, so armour, we'll start yes. with armour because that's the one at the top of the page. Yes. Uh, armour, number one is leather um, by a big shot. What did you say? Uh, scale mail. Scale mail is number one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Eight point five percent of characters have scale mail. Yeah. Forty-two percent of characters have leather armor. Yes. And somehow some characters have ring mail. Interesting. And uh, not very many. Zero point one percent. Yes. Yes. There's a reason for that, but we won't go into that. Okay. Oh, they, they are five times as many characters of spiked arms, which means there's five times as many characters uh, who have the special dwarven, like droid raging. Troll slaying esque, uh, they cover their dwarven barbarians covering their bodies in spiky armor for themselves that people has there are characters wearing ringmail. So, why do you think ringmail is so unpopular? Because it's rubbish, <laughs> 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 it is strictly worse than chainmail in nearly every way. It's AC 14 as opposed to AC 16, and just like, why, why are you bothering? Scale mail gives you like the same AC and that's your edgy decks to it, mm. so yeah. I like the armor, but yeah, okay, never is pretty good. So, thirty-two uh, percent of characters have a shield. Um, yes, that so makes sense. A third of characters have a shield, and nearly half of them are wearing leather armor. Okay, hmm, leather armor and shields—interesting hmm. choice. I think there might be a reason for that because I think this takes into account first-level characters, obviously. Yeah. So. Cheaper armor is obviously going to get a boost on this chart, but also a lot of characters get leather armor for free. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that might be why a lot of. I reckon if you took out first level characters from the data, I reckon you might see a totally different chart. Once people have gotten a level, gotten a bit of money, and not actually equipped themselves with. Well, solid level would become much more popular. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's armor. So yeah, leather then shield. So next is weapons. So you you long you said long swords, and right. the answer is dagger. dagger. Oh, technically weapon. In fact, yes. So twenty percent of characters have a dagger equipped. Yeah. Now again, I think that's partly due to the fact that yeah. daggers are very and commonly handed out for free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you ignored that, yeah, you got the trusty short sword. So if you go back to the first one, if we ignored the leather. Yes. And the, and the shield there. Yeah. We ignore those two. Yeah. Chainmail is the most common. Ch- Ch- Chainmail is also given out for free. It's like mm. a standard martial class. No, okay. Well, then you get studded leather. Okay. Which you have to pay for. Uh, scale mail is also part yeah. of things that get handed so out So I think, free. yeah. So this should be, yeah, these charts should be, they, yeah. should, they should weed out the free stuff. But still, they don't. But it, it, it's tricky because like, yeah, leather is a really, like steady leather, I'm surprised, isn't more popular. But yeah, I guess a lot of it is level one characters. Yeah. So anyway, uh, weapons, so we've got uh, dagger. So your, your longsword is way down there at number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Well, to be fair, it's tied with a short bow, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, 4.3% of characters. Yeah, so dagger is number 1. Yeah. Short sword is 20, number 2. Over 20% of characters having those. Uh, and uh, light crossbow is number 3. 
Yes, again, um, we're looking very much at starting equipment there. I mean, hand axes, whilst awesome, <laughs> in no way, are, like, again, super popular. And if the whip is the least popular with 0.6%. You, you, you do actually have to pay money for a whip. It's, mm. it, it's, it's a finesse reach weapon. There is one, one thing they did point out yes. with this. Dual wielding a weapon yes. will be counted twice in this data set. Well, then you could probably half short swords, because double short swords is how you do um, dual wielding at first level because mm. they're both light finesse weapons. Yeah, but not everyone with a short sword is going to be dual wielding. Though. That is so true. probably not half. But still, there we go. That's that. Anyway, uh, magical items is the third one. Yes. And you said... Healing potions. And you're almost correct. It's the greater potion of healing. <laughs> greater potion of healing. Uh, by a long shot. Yeah. Long, He's... long, long shot. Are healing potions even on there? Um, potion uh, superior... No. Potion of healing greater, potion of healing superior. I'm uh, not seeing. Huh. No? Right. So, uh, unless they're not counting potions of healing as magic items. Let's see why they wouldn't. Well, because. Well, they are magic items, aren't they? Well, yeah, but where are they then? But not okay. there. Yeah. But Off the bottom of the list. I mean, there's a lot more items in the game than those ones listed. Yeah, but once like, again, imm- immovable rods. <laughs> if you're trying to seriously tell me that more games are having those handed out, yeah, this is this is not, I'm afraid, the best stats I've ever seen. Oh uh, uh, well, it says potion of healing greater, bag of holding, ring of protection, cloak of protection, yeah. dagger plus one, shield plus one, longsword plus one, boots of elven kind. I'm not going to do the whole list, but um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the top view. Yeah, I, I, I mean, rings, of, ring of water walking being more commonly equipped than potions of healing I find quite hard to believe um, oh I don't know what to do I mean oh, there you go what can I say uh, possibly it's entirely right uh, but we're looking at was it 0.5% of magic items being immovable rods and all the way at the other end po- the greater he- potions of healing are 3.8% so mm. yeah so there's not actually a difference there, really, to be nah, honest. So it looks, if, you, if you actually look at the graph it looks like a steeper incline than it actually is if you look at the numbers yeah Interesting self. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So, what else have we got? Yes. Oh, the Origins Awards nominees were announced. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, the Origins Awards obviously take place at um, the Origins Game Fair every year. Yes. Uh, and they are uh, uh, presented by the Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Science. Ooh. And uh, these are these are these are the nominees. So uh, yeah. our good friend Rodney Thompson's Dust City Outlaws got a nomination. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Flash Gordon Clutches Box Set from Pinnacle got a nomination. Ah, Savage World showing its face, yeah. Um, Free League. Um, got a nomination with Forbidden Lands. Oh, that one's gone under my radar. Do you know anything about that? Um, I know of I know free league stuff. I haven't seen that mm-hmm. one specifically myself. No. Yeah. I can I can click on it like because it's a hyperlink and using the magic oh. of the internet to record it up. A hyperlink. Yeah. So a link that oh. is hyper. Uh, Forbidden Lands is a new take on classic fantasy role playing. Open world survival role playing game. You're not heroes sent on missions dictated by others. Instead, you are raiders and rogues bent on making your own mark in a cursed world. Oh, discover lost tombs, fight terrible monsters, wander wildlands if you live long enough, build your own stronghold. Yeah. 
Well, that's quite interesting. Yeah. That's $25. That's quite cheap. Yeah. Um, Monica Games, oh, um, yes, in there twice with Invisible Sun mm. and the Numenera Destiny Discovery Core Rulebook Deluxe slipcover oh, set. Ooh, nice, nice. And mm. uh, then we've got Green Ronin in there. Yeah, yeah. Their Mutants and Masterminds Basic Heroes Handbook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've got Modifius Twice. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Adventures Starter Set. Yeah. And Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, that it is, yes. yes. It's, it's interesting that Modifius is credited with that one because, I mean, that is a White Wolf game. They just, just say on the Driver RPG that it's White Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, it is a White Wolf game. It's just been distributed by Modifius, so. I don't know how, how they work out the credit for that, but whatever. Anyway. Uh, you got the Midgard World book, Cobalt Press. Uh, Midgard setting's been quite popular in the... Uh, uh, Cobalt Press is Midgard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the yeah well, Cobalt Press is probably the, the lead third-party yes. fifth edition, yes. D&D fifth edition producer, Absolutely. I would say. I'm trying to think of what other major ones there are. There's, I mean, there's, there's quite... If you, if, if you discount DM's Guild, because there's an awful lot over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, uh, Cobalt Press is, uh, is probably... Not just in the lead, but quite away in the lead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and finally, we've got from Evil Hat Productions, Uprising the Dystopian Universe got a nomination. Ooh, nice. Um, I don't know what that is, but... Yeah. Um, there's some sort of fake-based game, do we think? Uh, well, it's Evil Hat, almost certainly. Uh, where are we? It's Cyberpunk, Dystopian Futures. Yes. Citizens of Paris Nouveau. Mm-hmm. Uh, are no more than indentured servants. Oh. It is a customised version of the Fate system. Yes. Yes. There you oh, go. Okay. There you go. So you can play literally any character you can think of. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. Yes. That's the front. Aha. Um, and then there's role-playing... I, I won't... I mean, I'm going this, but the, that, that was the role-playing games nominations, and there's the role-playing okay. supplements nominations. Oh, Wizards of the Coast gets a look in there. Uh, they get a look in with Mordekhan's T- Tome of Foes. Yeah. Cool. I feel like that was further away. I no, guess it wasn't. Was quite yeah. late last year. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, and then we've also seen Starfinder Packed Worlds. Uh, we were talking about Starfinder earlier. They've come out. Yeah. Got supplements for Traveller and uh, Conan. Um, oh, and there's the Dark Eye, which is that German D&D yeah. game. We will stick a link in the show notes if people want to check out the whole list because yeah. there's also other categories. There's um, board games, card games, miniatures, all sorts of stuff. So it's... Yeah. it's Overall, it's quite a long list, so I just thought, you know. And that's like the Origins Game Fair, what, Saturday, June 15th, something like that? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not even just something like that, something exactly like that. Uh, uh, yeah, was that just like a rough guess on your part? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd just say yes, but um, it, it's one of my other skills, knowing what words mean and uh, <laughs> your ability to see them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, be able to read words and then record them for a later date. <laughs> and not only that, to move your mouth and utter certain sounds, utilizing your vocal cords and having those sounds recorded in an electronic medium to be redistributed via the internet. Yes. Yeah. We call this synergy. <laughs> <laughs> you should get on board sometime. <laughs> Especially that last one. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the next big bit of news, yes, the next big bit of news, which would have got uh, our sound engineer, Daryl, very, very excited. In fact, I know he did because he was, for the two days before this was announced, he knew all about it and he'd yeah. written up an article on the world which he couldn't post publicly because he was under embargo ah. and he was super excited about it. Yes. And um, so this article was sitting there. Well, I could see it, but it was um, not view- viewable by everyone. Yeah. And Daryl was just like waiting to make it public. <laughs> Soon. And then the day after it yes. eventually went public, you came along into the podcast group and said, Hey, Daryl, did you know this? 
He's like, yes, yes, I did, Peter. <laughs> Shadowrun 6th edition was announced. And yes. um, so 5th edition was, God, what, four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah, something like, not easy to follow. Do I remember the year it was released? I was at Gen Con that year. Oh, yeah, okay. I really feel like it was two years ago, but clearly it wasn't. It was five years ago. Longer than that. Yeah. It really does feel closer than that to me. Uh, so it's part of the 30th anniversary of Shadowrun. Yes. And Catalyst Game Labs have announced that the new 6th edition is being released this summer. Uh, That's really soon. Ba, ba, ba. So I assume it's pretty much done by now. And I guess that means it's not going to be kickstarted then, like a lot of things are these days. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, there's no specific release dates announced. Yeah. But um, the uh, Shadowrun 6th edition World Beginner Box is going to be available at Origins Game Fair. Mm-hmm. Which is in June the fifteenth, as you uh, as you mentioned. Yes, and the core rule book will be available at Gen Con. This like they sound like quite specific release dates to me, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 well, yeah, which day are Gen Con? <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so a core rule book at Gen Con and beginner box at Origins Game Fair. Ooh, exciting! Um, so there's various details that have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of uh, interviews have started leaking out. Um, yes. There's an actual play of the Quick Start Adventure on uh, the Neo Anarchist podcast. Mm. And there's a quick overview of some of the um, changes and stuff. And I suppose we should just stick that in the show notes because there's quite a lot to go into. Yeah. Um, but now, now, now the question is, can they can they do something? It, they've had six editions that have cracked it. Mm. Can they do something to make it go from, oh, Shadow Run, Love the setting. Shame about the rule system. Well, you know, just different people like different things. I mean, that's um, true. Look at the cover there. That's uh, a uh, like, cover. Yeah, there's um, some sort of probably a physical adept um, charging a leaping through the air, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, indeed, leaping through the air in full anime style, uh, with probably a sort of katana getting ready to. Uh, give a good chopping at some sort of... ED-209 or 309. What was it, ED-209? ED-209, except that was bipedal. That's actually, looks like, what, a quadruped? Quadrupedal battle platform? Oh, I thought that was one behind it. Oh, right. Yeah, I see. Okay. It's got extra space for more guns. Yeah, okay. 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 Not normally don't bring guns for sword fight, but um, they fancy their chances. Mm -hmm. Well, they've got got a website. It's (gasps) shadowrunsixthworld.com. Bum, bum, so you can go there and have a, have a look at it. Yeah. Um, and um, here's, here's, here's some various... There's a timeline of various things that's going to be coming out over the next few weeks. Ooh. So May the 1st was the initial announcement. Yes. On May the 8th... When is May the 8th? Uh, that's... Uh, In a couple of days. Six, seven, eight. That's Wednesday. Wednesday. So yes. the day this podcast goes out, in fact. That's There'll fine. be a product overview. Yep. Shadowrun at Origins preview on June the 12th mm-hmm. and various other interviews and bits and pieces in between those dates yeah we're localising it for what German, French, Italian and Russian as well so yeah yeah um, yeah I mean Daryl has and I strongly suggest that people go and look at this article that Daryl wrote because he's yes. done quite a deep dive into this oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's pronounced he's, he's produced an awful he's summarised an awful lot of the information that's come out various streams and podcasts and announcements and stuff mm. and compiled them into one article and there's too much for us to sort of go into here although having said that it's been very nice um, the, well, some of the main things are that they've really slashed down the crawl rule book from 500 pages to about 300 mm. uh, but as Daryl says don't worry the gear section and let's face it kit porn is a very important part of any Shadowrun game 
It's yes. almost about 50 pages. They've removed limits, which is definitely something I remember from my experience of trying to play it to be a problem. The core task resolution system is still the same as the last couple of editions. Which makes a lot of sense because you don't want to uh, completely divorce yourself from your player base that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking to make uh, combat faster and deadlier, but with more flexibility due to a new edge system. Mm. That being like the sort of your luck, which is generally what has helped and get going. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it looks very nice. Yeah, I'm quite excited. Yeah. I think, um, I haven't owned a Shadowrun book since... Ooh. Is it second edition is the one I've got? Wow. I think it's second edition. Yeah. Um, so, I think I might take a, I'll take a peek at this one. Yeah. It sounds, sounds intriguing. Hmm. Should we move on with the news? Oh, yes, let's. All right, then, let's do that. There's a Peso update. Yes, yes. Peso Publishing. So, first, up to bat, we have... Yes. Um, uh, some more Pathfinder pawns. Ah, yes. Uh, so you can increase your pawn collection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you already have an extensive pawn collection, but they have even more. Uh, yeah. ready for you. Okay, you this, is, this one is common enemies that you yes. encounter early in your dungeon delving career. So goblins, yes. skeletons, zombies, ghouls, gnolls, kobolds. Ogres, orcs, and Zolgaths. Fancy troglodytes, apparently. Fancy troglodytes, yes. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Not only that, we have yes. two adventure paths continuing. Not one, but two. Two. The wow. first one is the Dawn of Flame adventure path. Nice. Um, that is continuing with Soda Strike. Yes. So um, some sort of pirate lizard man dragon thing. Yes. With a axe with unnecessarily pointy bits on. Yes. I approve that axe. That looks like necessarily pointy. Uh, I think they're necessarily pointy, to be honest. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> so that's Starfinder, and also for Pathfinder. As and well. for Pathfinder, uh, we have the Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path continuing with um, Born by the Sun's Grace. Yes, as enlisted up by the Sun's Grace. Marvellous. Yes. Uh, what else has just been born that way. What else do we have? We also have Druma. Prophet and Prophecy, uh, which is a, a Pathfinder campaign setting. Um, Pathfinder First Edition is coming to a close, but this is a yes. Galarian campaign setting book. Ooh. One of many. Many, <laughs> many, many. I, I wonder if Galarian is as detailed these days as Forgotten Realms. Oh, probably not. Because Forgotten Realms has had a lot, more, a lot more years, but it's got to be. It's got to be catching up. There. Absolutely, it's. Um, has it has made books written about it? Though? Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that I don't know what that guy's looking at, but he seems super excited to be seeing it. Well, this is a wealthy and theocratic dwarven nation called Druma. Oh. So, if you wanted, and have you ever, Peter, wanted to immerse yourself in dwarven politics? Not until now. Do you now? Yes. It? Yes. Now that the option is there, I am now desperate to immerse myself in dwarven politics. Um, would you like to explore primeval fey ruins? Yes, I would. Would you now? And would you like to suffer the wrath of ancient grudges? Um, maybe that's not so much. <laughs> to be fair, that's my day to stay life. So that's, that's escapism for me. Well, for those that do wish to suffer the wrath of ancient grudges, yes. Pathfinder campaign setting Druma Prophet and Prophecy is there for your ancient grudge needs. Yes. Yes. Right, moving on in the news. Yes. What else do we have? Penny Arcade have told us more about the Acquisitions Incorporated D&D source book. Good grief. And they've done this on Geek and Sundry. A strong truth. 
And they are various details, because this is obviously um, uh, coming out June the 15th or so now. It's about just over a month away. So same time as the origins. Or was it the 18th? Somewhere says, mid-June. It says, eight, it says 18th on there. Well, let's go with 18th then. Yes. If it says 18th, let's go with 18th. Yes. Good call. Good call, Peter. Well, there's an interview there um, yes. with uh, Jeremy Hawkins and Alyssa Grant from Penny Arcade. Yes. And they chatted with Greek and Sundry in text format about how um, how the book got started how you can use it in your campaign and the various um, people that contributed to it mm-hmm. so um, those those people sort of looking forward to this book hop on over to Geek and Century via the link in the show notes and uh, have a look at that interview mm. yes uh, well, what else do we have in the news a preview uh, we have a preview Peter a preview I like a good preview and the preview is of Yes. The Scarred Lands Creature Collection for 5th Edition. D&D 5th Edition, that is. Not Shadowrun 5th Edition. Which is now superseded by 6th Edition. Not quite. Almost. Yeah. Will be in about a month. Yes. yes. Um, but anyway, um, so, um, we talked about Scarred Lands before on the podcast because it was the first third-party campaign setting for D&D 3rd Edition. Yeah. And the, the original Creature Collection beat the Monster Manual to print. Oh, oh, oh! Which is entertaining at the time. Ah, yeah. Um, so, um, Scarred Lands is a you know it's, it's a kind of elderly setting now. It's been around for twenty years, mm. and um, it's definitely got its fans. And uh, it's on its path for uh, working with Handiwork Games on this. Oh, yeah. Um, so, on its path to a lot of the World or Chronicles of Darkness, one of those two things. Yes, they they they, they, they sort of split from White Wolf and took a lot of the same staff. On their own divergent path. And Handiwork Games, um, he yeah. was, uh, that's basically John Hodgson, which mm-hmm. was the, uh, he used to work for Cubicle 7 before Cubicle 7 moved to Ireland. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. Yes, okay. Um, which happened last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Hodgson, I think, lives in. Oh. Oh, that's in there. just joined in there. John Hodgson, I think, lives in Scotland or somewhere like that. Yes. Um, anyway, um, so he's, he's, he's setting up Handiwork Games. I mean, that company is the same one that's got that Ken Height Hellenistica Greek setting for 5e. With you. Yes. So he's got a few few um, projects in there. Fire? So projects in the fire, no. Po- projects in the pan, no. Pans in the fire. Pans in the pot. Projects in the fire pan, no. What's the phrase I'm looking for? I've literally <laughs> no idea at this point. Um, Pans in the fire. Pans in the pan. He's got a few pots on the boil. Yeah, let's go with that then. Let's go with pots yeah. on the boil. Um, anyway, he's got a few of those. Yes. But one of these is discard I, I, I would say that Handiwork Games has its fingers in many pies. Yes. That, that would be the one I'd use. I've got to say, I don't want to eat the pies. Well, not, not, his no, 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 no. They didn't sound that nearly as nice. But no. Yeah, it seems a bit rude, really. Or maybe it's just marking them so they're all his. Yeah, I'd rather mark them with his fingers than anything else. I guess. Out with... Yes. <laughs> That's the one I want to choose. I guess, I guess, yeah. Anyway, moving on from this episode yeah. of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, American Pie edition, uh, let's let's move on. Uh, so yeah. the Scarred Lands Creature Collection. So there's yeah. some 5D previews. Um, again, link in the show notes. Um, they're on Geek Native, these previews. Yes. Uh, and um, we've got um, previews of uh, a sage camel. Yes. Oh, you can be murdered by a sage camel. Or a fancy a zombie. Willow tree warrior. Beaten to death by a tree, very something positive. Uh, an emperor stag. Ah, yes, yes. For when deers strike back. Oh, um, that's what else. A feral demon. As opposed to all those tame domestic demons which mm-hmm. one has around so far. A steel beetle. Ooh, ah, steel yeah. beetle, that looks awesome. Yeah, that's, that's my favourite there, actually. Looking at those, that's my favourite one. Steel yeah. beetle. Yes. I like it. 
It looks like you should be able to drive around somewhere. Hmm. I, but it's hard to tell how big it actually is supposed to be. Is it like a steel build toward its regular beetle size, or is it the size of a car as it comes plowing towards you? I can answer the question if you want the answer to the yes, question. Yes, please. It's size large. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely more car size. It's size of an actual Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> it's Herbie the love bug. <laughs> I, I, I must confess, Herbie has never looked more like Marish. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, to make it a proper Volkswagen, right. you could put that into your game yeah. and just have, like, carts that are led by steel I've beetles. Got, I've got some big news for you. Ah. Big news. You know hell. Okay, yes. Right. It's frozen over. Okay. Because? Because Pezo are making something for D&D 5th Edition. Bum, bum, bum. Which really did surprise me. Yeah, well, well, to to be fair, it's a bit like uh, going back to your ex. It's like, you know, you you think, oh, never, never. And then you're like, ah. But but to make a role-playing game supplement looks a bit more like a a Dragon Knight, to be fair. Mm, We'll see, we'll see. But basically, the Nether Kingmaker Adventure Path, which is probably their most popular one, I'd like to say. They made it into a computer game, so... Yeah. So it's 10th anniversary is approaching. Oh, that's nice. And so they're doing a few things. One is they're making a Pathfinder 2nd edition hardcover Kingmaker compilation, which seems... Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, now they say it, I'm like, yeah, of course they are. Why wouldn't they be? It seems very shocking. Yeah. Um, uh, but also, they are making a hardcover Kingmaker bestiary yeah. for D&D 5th edition. Ooh. Nice. Which shocked me. I was, like, so surprised. But I guess what that means is, if you think about it, it means that a D&D 5th edition player can buy that bestiary yes. and buy this hardcover Kingmaker compilation yes. and can run Kingmaker. So it's actually a way of selling the Kingmaker compilation to 5th edition players. Yes. I, I think maybe. maybe I don't know oh, what their strategy is. I, I can't speak for them. But. I, I know where I stand on Pathfinder 1st edition. It's not for me. Many people enjoy it. Awesome. Pathfinder 2nd edition sounds interesting, but I'm unlikely to play it unless somebody says, hey, Peter, you should play Pathfinder 2nd edition. I will run it for you because like, I'm sort of maxed out on games I feel competent to run. Okay, well, this, um, I don't think they're actually making it directly themselves, because this is, no. they're partnering with industry leaders in third-party 5e publishing. It's like Gold Press. So like Gold Press, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but, but they haven't said. It, it might be someone else. It might be someone else, yeah. Yeah, it might be me. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think I probably know about it. <laughs> Um, there is going to be some kind of campaign on Game On Tabletop, which is Ooh. like Kickstarter, but... Mm-hmm. more game focused yes. uh, and there will be other add-ons and unlocks <gasps> um, the details yes. are being announced on Tuesday yes. May the 7th Ooh. at noon Pacific time so that'll be early evening our time mm-hmm. over at kingmakercampaign.com fantastic so that's tomorrow so that's the day oh. after we record this but the day before the podcast actually goes out so, so if you're listening to this on the day it came out that was yesterday it, it was yesterday yes. yes but we haven't seen it because to us it's tomorrow ever timely with the news yes yeah Tuesday's probably the worst day for news to come out isn't it um, for, from our point of view oh absolutely yeah. which is of course when they it's in that gap it's in that abyss that avoid between don't no, 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 forget they normally like to wait for like 5pm 5, 5 GMT after we finish recording and then that's when a lot of stuff comes out no there is that too yeah Oh, so yeah, so Peso to make a D&D Fifth Edition product. Ah, that is quite shocking. Quite oh, yeah. shocking. 
Well, like I say, everyone wants me on the big money train. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Traveller. Yes. Traveller, 5th edition. Oh. There's yeah. a big reprint of Traveller, 5th edition. Okay. Which is not the Mongoose version. It's not. by Mark Miller, who is the original Traveller creator. Oh. Um, nice. I... It's got those. It's basically, it's, basically, it's basically two forks in traveling now. Like Mongoose yeah. have got their own fork, and Mark Miller's got his fork. Oh, um, so uh, the original one was sm- to, uh, three small black books. Yes, he's uh, he's doing this with three big black books. Bum, bum, bum. So um, what we have is characters in combat. Yes, starships nice. and worlds and adventures. Mm-hmm. Each about three hundred pages in a slipcase. Wow. Okay, so nine hundred pages of rules. Yeah, um, so. Traveller obviously launched back in 1977, and it's the original space RPG. Mm -hmm. At times, especially back then, it has been very, very, very popular. And it's waxed and waned over the years, but it's always been kind of like the quintessential space RPG, I guess. It's the the D&D of RPG, uh, uh, sci-fi RPGs, I would would say. It is to sci-fi RPGs what D&D is to fans. Yes, good. That's a good way to put it. Well done, Peter. You're welcome. Proud of you. Well, I'm getting professional wordsmith. No, no, I'm being mean. Well, A, that's mean. not my job. That's not really. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I make money from my thing. You do not. So there. Oh, right. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, One day I'll make money. Um, so there's but been, various, there's been various editions. Yes. Uh, there's been Traveller, there's been Mega Traveller, <gasps> there's been a GURPS version, there's been yes. a D20 version, there's been that. Mongoose's version. Yes. Back in 1980, yes. Aries magazine did a review of Traveller. Yes. Now this, this, uh, this review is pretty dated. Yes. Um, but uh, the review said uh, this game starts off yes. where Dungeons and Dragons are left off. Right. It's a bit harsh, this review. Yeah. It says, if there is any justice, it will end up being more popular than that venerable relic. This was in 1980. This is in 1980. How old was DD at that point? Like three, four years? 14 years. 14 oh, no. Years. No, no, 1980. No, yeah. Uh, 74, so six years. Six years. Six years. So, uh, so, so people have been hating Dungeons & Dragons for over 40 years. That's <laughs> yeah. what we can make out. <laughs> it says, for one thing, Traveller rules are fairly consistent, more than is usual for such games. Yeah. For another, unlike the first generation of role-playing games, this one requires no referee or game master. Somewhat complex, variable playing terms. So it's a bit harsh on D&D at the time, and Traveller does have a GM, so... Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah but anyway that's what they said back at the time no. um, but yeah I, I'm sure Traveller fans are rightly excited as they should be yeah yeah. there is the Unity RPG and I must confess I haven't looked at this yet so I can't really talk about it but I can certainly mention that it exists there's a free 43 page preview of it mm, nice um, Unity RPG is a grim fantasy world yes. um, mixed with elements of arcane technology okay and if that sounds like your bag um, stick a link in the show notes uh, there's a 43 page preview which yeah. has like an introduction to the basic rules write ups on the playable races combat examples stuff like that yeah, class based they do have a dreadnought class I do like quite like that name hmm. oh, we've got, it's got some races yeah, human uh, Valor Furian, Furian or a Furian I think that is I think he's more furious than furry he looks pretty furry to me <laughs> He's both angry and furry, so it's a strong combination. And afflicted is the, is the fourth race. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, there's also a new monk class coming. So those familiar with Unity will know what that means. But yes, yeah. I always oh, got an adventure as well. Yeah. 
Exciting times. Yeah. And this is from Modifius? Um Everything in the world ever is from Modifius, don't you know? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Yes. In their quest to <laughs> be the publisher of all the things. Yes, every single game that ever existed, ever has existed, and ever will exist. I bet one day we'll secretly find that Modifius is secretly behind D&D. Oh. We just didn't know. Oh, it would make sense. Yeah. Oh, 20 of the best D&D memes on Reddit. That sounds like perfect podcast material. Yes, it's probably not very good podcast material. Let's have a look. Because it's going to be images. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it exists. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. We should move on. I think we're probably done for the news. We're done for the news. We're done for the news. As you walk along the cliff path, you hear a cry from up ahead. You hear the sound of distress. A cry? Huh? Well, a human cry? Humanoid, certainly. It sounds pretty urgent. Hmm, okay, um, I'll quicken my pace. Uh, what do I see? Round in the corner, you see the signs of carnage. Two corpses lie on the ground, ripped asunder by some terrible beast. Blood everywhere. You can hear cries coming from the cliff edge itself. Gruesome. Hmm. Okay, um, I guess I'll search the bodies for treasure. What? Uh, okay, you find... 20 gold. Uh, the cries become more urgent and plaintive. Well, nothing else? Just 20 gold? What weapons do they have? The cries really are becoming quite desperate. Yeah, okay, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Um, first, weapons. <sighs> they both have short swords and daggers. One is wearing a ringmail and the other leather armour. What sort of quality? Are they magical? The plaintive pleas for help are getting weaker. It sounds like you might not have much time. Oh, and are they wearing any rings, amulets, braces or anything? Seriously? Fine. Yes. One of the short swords is magical, and the other corpse has uh, a tiara. A tiara? Really? Uh, okay, uh, what sort of a tiara? Uh, it's just a tiara, got jewels. I... Look, are you going to do anything about the guy hanging off the cliff? Fine, I'm right. Uh, yeah, I look over the cliff. At last. Uh, you see a wounded man hanging on for dear life. The same monster which dismembered the corpses above has clearly injured him, and his blood drips down into the chasm below. Weakening, he looks at you and whispers, Help me! Uh, okay, I'm going to lean over, and yes. um, I'm going to say, Hello, sir. Um, say, uh, say, do you know anything about this tiara? Is it valuable? The man stares at you in disbelief. He loses grip with one hand and makes a gurgling sound. And... That short sword, it's magical, isn't it? Do you know what sort of enchantments it has? Help me! Blimey, impatience, sod. Okay, what's it worth? What do you mean, what's it worth? You're supposed to be a hero, just help the man. Well, I'm an adventurer. I work for gold. Look, I'll save you for 50 gold. Ugh. The man loses his grip and falls screaming into the chasm. His death is on your hands. Damn it. I wanted to check his pockets. So, hey, Peter. Yes, Ross. What do you want to do now? Oh, I think we should play our favourite game in all the world. Our favourite game in all the world? Absolutely. Oh, do I have to get my costume on again? Yes. And I want to be a cleric. Well, let's play our second favourite game in all the world, which is the game where... Yes. (laughs) I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you have to guess what it is from just the name. All right, then. Number one. Are you ready? Kickstarter the first. Uh, Are you ready? This one is by Steve D. Yes. It's not really much of a clue. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, and the game is called, yes. or the thing is called, Relics. Colon something which tells you what Relics is. Fair enough. Um, relics is saying you. A relic for me would be like sort of exciting artifact, uh, magical technology, and things which are found. I'm hoping it's some sort of expansion for, say, Numenera. We can find like all sorts of like weird and wonderful stuff. It's got like I don't know, um, teleportation things like metallic sunflowers that will turn you to stone. All sorts of interesting jazz like that. Hmm. I'd like to say that's a good guess. Yes, but yes. I'd be lying. Oh, I'll say it. I'll say it anyway if you like. Okay, it's a good guess, Peter. Marvelous. Marvelous. Got my fingers crossed. <laughs> so, relics is a yes. game of angels. You, it says, are an angel. Peter, you are an angel. It's true, I am. <laughs> you are thousands of years old. Oh, I say a bit personal. <laughs> you fell to earth. Well, I try to avoid that, but it does happen. Because yes. you believed mm-hmm. that falling to earth was the yeah. best way to fight evil and help humanity. No, making other people fall to earth is generally the best way to fight evil. But now you find yourself lost. Oh. Peter, you find yourself lost... His Google Maps not working. Without God's guidance. Uh, Google God. And your angelic strength. Right. I was going to get that from Relic, eh? Hmm. Well, that's certainly an idea. Yeah. Uh, What system does it use? It is the Fugue system. I see. I'm not familiar with the Fugue system. It's a core rule book. 250 pages. Wow. Um, it's by Steve D who worked on One Half Fantasy Roleplay 2nd and 3rd editions mm-hmm. Shadow of the Demon Lord Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space okay. Vampire the Requiem and more and mm-hmm. this fugue system was first developed by James Wallace mm-hmm. in the critically acclaimed Alas Vegas where players use flashbacks mm-hmm. to create the backstory of their characters discovering the truth about themselves only as they play through the game. Oh, okay. Therefore becoming unreliable narrators of their own past. So that'll be quite a storytelling-heavy system. I'm guessing so. Uh, and probably from what the style of games that I am familiar with from that list you gave me, uh, prob- probably quite a different... Well, we'll have a fantasy one, but it's not storytelling. Uh, but yes, he's saying Fur Dead, which was the one... Second and was- third. Second and third, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but further, it's probably a bit more relevant, especially mm-hmm. given modern things. But, yeah, I've been playing Warhammer for further, and that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. You hear there. Okay. Next one. Next one. Go on, go on a bit. That's brave of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. By Unicorn Motorcycle Games. Great name for a company. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very professional on tax receipts and on the CV. <laughs> it is called yes. One Child's Heart. Hmm. So obviously my mind shoots instantly to Snow White and this is a game all about doing fairy tales as in the Brewers Grimm style things and you've got one child's heart which is um, the stakes are that it's like sort of like taking the Snow White uh, story and generalising it so that there's like a, an inciting incident where there's a problem and then uh, the players come in where they're like, okay, well, we've got a situation, we've got an innocent that we need to save um, and we need to produce some proof that we've done it, otherwise it's all going wrong. Um, no. Okay. It's not that. Fair enough. 
Yeah. So, um, it, okay. It's a tabletop role-playing game, obviously. Uh, oh. It invites players to right. take the role of, but yeah. now get this, child welfare professionals participating in a new mental health care memory exploration experiment. The Central Limbic Engagement Recovery System brings characters into the memories of these key moments to give support and guidance to a child who needs both. It's intended to be an empathy-building experience with a message of hope and human connection. I see. Right. I'll be you don't know what to say, do you? Well, it sounds a bit like work to me, but um, yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm sure if people want to uh, play around with that, they can. It's not it's not something I think I would want to do for fun, being a bit too based in the real world. Mm. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, well, there's just one more, mm-hmm. and then we'll be done. Mm-hmm. And that is... Yep. Fight, second edition, exclamation mark after the word fight. Not after the word second, and not after the word edition, just after the word fight. That's not fight. Second edition. Fight second. Fight. Edition. Second edition. Yeah. Okay. Um, A game of martial artists and other pugilists um, having some sort of like big old smackdown. Um, It's uh, its own role-playing game system. And it will basically rock along to the plot of Double Dragon and similar... That's exactly what it is. Fight Second Edition is a revision and enhancement of the best tabletop emulation of, I guess only tabletop emulation of, the (laughs) characters, combat and stories found in traditional 2D or 3D fighting games. (laughs) I'm sure there are some other stuff. There may well be. If there are, I don't know of them, but I'm sure sure there are. Well, there you go. You've got that one spot on. So so you've got one spot on and two completely wrong. Doing well, then. Yeah, that's not too bad. So basically your score for this week is... What? Three out of five. Okay. I have no idea how I came up with that score. So, Ghost of Saltmarsh. Yes. Coming out... Soon. Soon. In the main? Contains a number of old adventures updated for 5th edition, all nautical-themed, or at least having a nautical element to them. And cleverly woven into one... Adventure pathway. We think. Well, we're that not is, sure. is what it promises in the book. Says it will take you from one to twelve, which is a lot, a long way to go. Yeah, I'm not sure how it will be structured, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so like you say, we've done the uh, sinister secret assault marsh. Yes. Danger at Dunwater. Yes. And um, Europe's the final countdown yes. as the first trilogy. Yeah. Uh, then we did two last week, which were uh, Isle of the Abbey, and yes. there was one on a ship with a angry uh, uh, salvage yeah. operation. Yes. And Isle of the Abbey. Yes. And that leaves two adventures, and those are Tamarot's Fate. Yes. Or Tamarout's Fate. Tamarout's Fate. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah. And the Styes. Yes. Um, both of which are. Larger than the ones we did last week. Definitely more substantial. Um, and also, I think both of which are better than the ones we did last week. Is there? Uh, especially oh. the styes. I think that looks quite awesome. But, well, well, it seems a little unfair to say like they're better per se. They're longer and more detailed. 
uh, more interesting. They, they, they are more complete adventures as we know them. So which of these would you like to do, Peter? Would you like to do Tamarot's Fate or would you like to do The Styes? I would like to do Tamarot's Fate. Okay. Um, have, you, have you read anything? I, I, I've, had a, I've had a leaf through so far, so, you know, um, has its traditional. I'm super well prepared for this podcast. Okay. I look, I, I'm, I'm fairly well up on it so yeah, yeah. I can uh, I can sort of summarise the plot I guess so so first things first um, it sort of seems to be set in Greyhawk um, and relevantly when about was this uh, adventure published uh, that will have been a third edition adventure yes so that would be the early 2000s I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, oh, so contemporary with salvage operation oh uh, yes yeah. so Tamort's fate Tamort is a ship yes and spoilers uh, by the way <laughs> There's going to be lots of spoilers, mm. just that I mentioned. Spoilers for a 20-year-old adventure. Why did you give him one? Why? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so many spoilers. Yes. yes, we totally spoil these adventures. So yes. if you don't if you don't want to know what happens in them, just stop listening now because we'll do these and then that'll be the end of the podcast. Uh, and of course, we shall be indulging in rampant speculation as to how uh, Ghost of Marsh will tie all these together into that single country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what's fate. Yes. Uh, so... Um, this is set on an island. An island, you An island. So what happened was there was this warship yes. in Tamarot, and it was sent uh, back during a war mm-hmm. some decades ago. Mm-hmm. It was sent to uh, scout out and possibly attack this island. Right. Uh, something happened, um, uh, and it got wrecked mm-hmm. um, off the shore of the island. Right. And the uh, people who sent it out, I mean, I would I would say who it was, but one, one thing I did struggle with this is if you're not a Forgotten Realm scholar, what you do is with these, you get these big, long adventure background things, and yeah. every other word is a made-up fantasy word. Ah. Um, so you just look at this first paragraph. We're talking Fanes, um, Iazi, Evil, um, Neodiv, Azure Sea, um, Overking, Ivid the Undying, Great Kingdom, Kingdom of Neuron, AOD, um, Scarlet Brotherhood, Amedio Jungle, and Hepmonoland, all mentioned just in the first two or three sentences. Yeah. <laughs> and right. we've got an entire solid, dense page of this stuff. Yeah, so it's very small text as well. Yeah. What size font is that? That's like, what, six, four? Don't know, it's small. You're reading tiny vision. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, it's the Scarlet Brotherhood of the bad guys. Yeah. Well, it's the the ship. But, um, yeah, there's lots and lots of factions and people's names and yeah. place names and stuff in the background. But, but if you're super into Forgotten Realms, this will be like, yeah. meet. What you, what you need to know is, Warship sent to this island yes. um, to scout out um, mm-hmm. sinks Scarlet Brotherhood on board yes. they all die because the ship sinks um, mm-hmm. Scarlet Brotherhood back at, back home at Scarlet Brotherhood HQ yes. which is presumably sort of you know red themed red themed yeah, yeah. Uh, don't hear from the ship just assume that um, everything's hunky dory um, well just assume that the island is too fortified to attack ah. and then the sort of war moves on and it just gets left yeah so there's uh, the piece. There's the PCs uh, are wandering along this cliff path, and they discover a body which yes. is being eaten by three harpies. Yes, and uh, they can sort of fight or chase off the harpies, okay. and um, take the body back to a nearby town. Yes. You identify the body as someone who comes from. Is it a, like an abbey type thing on mm. the on the island yes. nearby? It's about five miles out of the shore. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they know who he is. And uh, they hire the adventurers to go and check out what's going on at the island. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you go check out what's going on at the island. And what's happened is this ship sunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the uh, bad guys on it yeah. are now undead, mm-hmm. uh, watery, uh, drowned creatures. Drowned mm-hmm. zombies. Wet zombies. Oh, <laughs> wet zombies. They've got, they've got a name. They've got they're the worst kind. <laughs> wet zombies. Drowned ones, as they're called. Uh, yeah. Yes, drowned ones. And so mm-hmm. these wet zombies yes. um, attack the abbey, kill Swiftly. everybody. Yes. Uh, but there's like uh, three survivors that manage to hide away. <sighs> so they kill everybody. And then as the dawn comes, they head back underwater, march back underwater, back to the ship, which is stuck down there. Okay. Now, the ship is on the edge of a portal Ooh. to, like, um, I don't know, Hell of the Abyss or somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where. Somewhere, An awesome place. Somewhere, somewhere lovely, yeah. Somewhere yeah. like that, yeah. Not a holiday destination. Yeah, sprinkles or something. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Mate. <clears throat> Making me hungry now. <laughs> um, and the captain of the ship, who yes. was um, one of these Scarlet Brotherhood sorcerer types, yes. um, he didn't turn into a wet zombie. Oh. He turned into a ghost. What? He actually died and turned into a ghost. Awkward. Yes, and he's he's, he's slightly annoyed. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, anyway, so the PCs end up getting to the um, Abbey. Mm-hmm. and they have a search around and they find some creatures and bits and mm-hmm. pieces and explore the place. Um, there's various bits and pieces that happen there. Yeah. Eventually they discover the three survivors that are hidden away in a bolt hole. Oh. Uh, the three survivors fill them in on what's going on and yes. tell them that the creatures are going to come back at night. Yes. Um, there's no ferry back until the next day. Awkward. Uh, so the PCs have to survive the night. And then it's basically a siege situation where the wet zombies... A night of the squidgy, soaking dead. Yeah. Attack the abbey. Yes. And the PCs have to defend it using traps and stabbing. Well, as it's traditional. <laughs> traps, stabbing. Okay, so it sounds like quite good... That sounds like quite an interesting uh, scenario. Uh, and then finally... Turn for fifth, Like, yeah, get yourself an hour's rest here and there. And, uh, so yeah. once they've finished defending, assuming they survive the night, they can then... They, they end up discovering a stash of... Um, underwater breathing stuff, just like they did in um, Danger at Dunwater. No, The Final Enemy. Yes. Um, uh, handy dandy. Yeah, they end up finding a stash of that, which allows them to go down, find the ship, and end up having a fight with your ghost. And once the ghost is laid to rest, the problem is solved. Yes. It seems so obvious now that you put it that way. Yes. And that that is the plot in a nutshell. It seems like there's a certain... Like theme of ghosts and water going on. Well, there would be water because it's for a nautical source book. Right, makes but, sense. Um, yeah, well, undead. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite popular in the Isle of Gabby one, so mm. it's sort of like a. In fact, Isle of Gabby and Tamarock's fate sort of seem very, very similar. Uh, uh, they've got things in common, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like a much more detailed. I think this is a much better adventure. Oh, I personally think. Well, it's much longer. This one's been by Greg A. Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, we can have a look. We have a look. That's basically the backstory here. Two pages of backstory, solid, dense text. Yeah. I struggle through that. I always struggle through dense. Yes. Backstory full of made-up fantasy words. Yes. I yeah. really have trouble reading it. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, then we got a bunch of uh, potential adventure hooks to get people into. Nice. Into it. So this uh, this adventure is for characters of. What level is it for, character? Uh, six to ten. There we go. 
Level six to ten. Um, so there we got the road to Ascarm, which is the town, and mm-hmm. you can see a nice picture with three harpies and the, mm-hmm. and the corpse there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very uh, Jason and the Argonaut for yeah. Firewatch Island is the island itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we got lots of we got a sort of map of the island. Yes. Um, you notice how the, the production value of this is way way better than the production value of those early ones we looked at. Oh, oh yeah. but obviously, time passes and that happens. Yeah, um, but this is like twenty what twenty twenty five years later. Yeah. So um, this is the uh, it's not an abbey it's a heritage. Ah, a hermitage. Hermitage. Yes, hermitage. What did I say? Heritage. I don't know. Hermitage, um, which is like an abbey, but it's yes. a hermitage. Um, but it seems like it's pretty well populated. Like I thought, a hermit. The whole point of a hermit was to be like you know just on your own being antisocial. I guess. Yeah. In this case, perhaps not. Well, well they're, they're being antisocial together. Yes. Yes. Group antisociability. And there's so you, my problem games. I do this. There's a couple of sea hags that can pull you in on some of the um, information if you fight them, but don't kill them. Oh, they seem trustworthy. They seem lovely, yes. And then we've got various descriptions of areas with the main entry, midden, archers, posts, scullery. You know, we've got a whole, we've got a whole um, hermitage described and mapped. Yeah. Distillery, library, dining hall, all this stuff. It sounds very fancy for a hermitage, I'll be honest. Well, it's quite nice. Oh, it's, it's, oh I see we've got hermit cells. Yes. Uh, so there's like some actual hermits and there's support services. Well, these are, these are, these are full of uh, rats. The hermit cells are full of rats. Lovely rats. Well, the hermits have to eat something. I guess so, yeah. I guess going for an Android so. version of Hermit. Kitchen, larder, a grotto, that's where Ooh. Santa is. Yes. But Santa in a grotto. Yeah. Um, storage, armory, a battlement. Oh. Um, scriptorium. Oh, yes, for well, copying books. A defensive outlook, a prior's quarter, guard tower, and abandoned quarter, which is where uh, Arca. Uh, what's his name? Arcase. Arcase. A R C H I S. Like the garrison's it's... wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, who's, who's, who is now dead. Yeah. But um, that's where you find his stash, because um, he's mm. he's got a hobby of, um, conveniently, he's got a hobby of underwater sort exploration. of exploration and archaeology and stuff. Well, it sort of makes sense. If you're a wizard on the island, you'd, you'd go there, because you'd really like, I don't know, magical scuba diving. So, so you get a stash, which has a ring of freedom with movement and mm-hmm. um, sovereign glue and salves of slipperiness, potions of water breathing and immovable rod. There we go. The, oh, uh, that 19th is, yeah. most popular D&D item. Whatever so it was. healing potion inside. How for uh, A folding boat and a bag of holding, which is the second most popular. Yeah. So well, there you go. And not a healing potion inside, no. Not no, one. Not no, one. No, there, you go. there we go. Um, so you find all that stuff. Mm-hmm. A uh, roof, a belfry. Yep, there's some nice... Uh, uh, with a periton. Oh, what? Attacks you on the belfry. A periton. Uh, oh, yes, yes, periton, yeah. Giant eagle and the head of a demonic purple stag. Yes. Which frankly sounds ridiculous, but still. I don't eat my elf million. You know, you know some, some fantasy monsters, I swear, are just like, just some kids playing with Lego and just go, oh, right, let's just put a purple stag on her. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very advanced. Yeah. I just like to say Albert. Yeah, owl, bear, bear owl, as the case yeah. may be. As it's correctly known, bear owl. The bear owl. Yes. The bear owl. Or the bowel. I thought it was I like you... to call it the bowel, for sure. Uh, I, thought, I thought they were basically shaved. Oh, really? Yeah, if you, if you shave an owl, you get a bat, bear owl. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> it's got some nice handouts in here as well, giving back to the thing. Yeah. Whilst Russia recovers from that triple pun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
And then we've got the bolt hole where the yeah. uh, survivors are. There's a picture of the three survivors there who don't look very well. They, I, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, damn, son, they're zombies. Uh, Kill them uh, now. It's Janor Stormswake. Yeah. That's such a cool surname, damn. I wish my surname was Stormswake. I want you to call me Russ Stormswake from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got um, Barrett Glofrin. That's not such a good last name. No. And we've got Murley Tobe. Yeah. Um, so those three are hiding away. They su- they survived the night. Yes. And um, you know you can you can chat with them, and they'll probably help defend the place. And then you get death from the briny deep. Oh, Encounter oh, level oh. ten. Um, encounter a uh, big wow. sci-fi here on building traps yes so it suggests some traps you could make that's a good idea you should totally build those yeah um, well all zombies even soggy ones uh, will, uh, it's a bit A-team isn't it really <laughs> so it's basically wet A-team <laughs> mm. probably need some sort of survival rules to update that to fit edition yeah. Um, bonuses for dwarves if you've got them in the party. Yes. Uh, or you could have a team full of goblins. You could. Or have. kobolds. Yeah. Oh, they could have traps. Fill it for the ludicrous death traps. All right. So, what are you doing? Yes. You end up heading down to the beach. Yes. And uh, the seagull comes and talks to you because he's a familiar of the wizards that you met. Oh. Well, you didn't meet because he was dead, but you yeah. stole his stuff. Yoink. Yeah. Um, so, this seagull comes along and he's quite chatty. And he tells you all the backstory stuff from yeah. earlier in the adventure. Oh, uh, you're like, well, that would have been super useful before we got yeah. into that island. And then you use all that stuff, yes. and you go underwater, and then you have a little poke around the ship. Yes. And you go down into there, and you search around the ship, uh, and you fight some wet zombies. Yeah. And then finally, you fight the guy in charge who's a ghost. Yep, this is a bad place to have any slashing or bludgeoning weapons because obviously you'll be fighting at disadvantage. He's called Sergal. God, this text is really useful. And the lighting in here is not great. Tamarot. Sergal yes. Tamarot, and he's a ghost fighter 3, sorcerer 3, challenge rating 10. Oh, so he's got the same name as the ship? Yes. Mm. Oh, maybe Tamarot is the captain rather than the ship then. I don't know. Uh, and then we go, and then... Well, it's a bit humanoid, so I presume it's on the ship. It, it is a bit of a fight with you. But it's also the wreck of the Tamarot, so... Yes. Yeah. And, and that's it, really. Yeah. Okay, and then you've got a big appendix, which yeah. is two and a half pages long, describing what drowned ones, which I like to call wet zombies, yes. are, and how to make them, how yes. to create them, and how to use a drowned one template on another creature. But unfortunately, there's a whole section about scaling the adventure, depending upon what the PCs you I've have. I've noticed they all have that, all the Dungeon Adventures do, oh, oh. which is quite useful. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want that, you don't want to have um, your enemies, you don't want to have people show up, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well that's that, that's Tamarot's fate. Mm. So I think, um, if we're looking at this from a, like a conversion to 5th edition, how mm. we would do it, I don't think that needs a lot done to it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, a few skill check changes, mm-hmm. uh, update the monsters, which, yeah. to be honest, that's already done. You just... Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just assuming the monsters are roughly equal power, and you're done, really. Yeah, I mean, you've got, like, the first three... What, what would you say would be the first adventure for um, our bidding adventuring party to go on? Because like, which one do you reckon is going to be the lowest level? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to guess it's going to be Sinister Secret Assault Mash. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And you'd probably do what? One, two, and I think there's got quite a good little hook as well with the Haunted House and stuff. The Sinister Secret Assault Mash is quite strong. Where are you, plot? 
Yes, yes, that seems perfect for all five your This is the this one's the eighteen. Yeah. So just a secret assault, Marshal Scooby Doo. Uh-huh. Um, U three was the final countdown. Yes. By Europe. Um, and then you got Abbey Road, uh, <laughs> famously from the Beatles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think of that adventure then? Do you think it sounds fun? Would you like to play that one? I think that that'd be really interesting. Well, I think you're going to need to have like. I think it could be fun because you could actually challenge like a higher level party with it. I think you need the right wave DM and you need oh. the right players to make the most yeah. of the trap element of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. If you're actually setting yeah. up the traps and you're actually planning it, especially if you have like a map, a nice yes. big map, yeah. and you're actually planning where the traps are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of tactical crunch you could get in on that. Yeah, that could be good fun. I'd uh, enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so like... Uh, do you reckon they'll break up the Sword Marsh trilogy and put some of these in between? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they might just make them just a series of adventures ranging between levels 1 and 12, but not an adventure path. Well, so the, you can well, just use but, it whenever you want. But don't have a look at the uh, thing. That's what they promised. Okay. Play through each... Oh, no, you are correct. Play through each story in a seafaring campaign yeah. leading characters from 1 through level 12 yeah. or pull out sections to place in ongoing campaigns in any setting. Yeah. There's okay. a certain modularity to it. So, no, that definitely does say you, you play them in order. Yeah, yeah. no, okay. Um, so I'm going to guess Sinister Secret of St. Mark... Sinister. If you've got Sinister Secrets problems, I feel bad for you, sir. I think that's going to be the first one, and I think the Stories is going to be the last one. Yes, yeah, I think. Given that that has a cracker in it. That, and that is that, and also that was sort of like. Uh, I mean, do you think they'll do it in the. Uh, well, the, well, the order, order they've presented them on there is the audio that we've done them on the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, but does this make sense? So. Sinister Secret, Danger at Dunwater, Final Enemy. Yes. Salvage Operation. Which is on a ship. Then going to... Then you've got like a bunch of... I think of the only one that stands out then is Isle of the Abbey, which I think they'd have to change the level of then. Yeah, yeah, because that, that one... Because um, if you're going to go to level 12, then probably the size is getting on like 10, 12. Hmm. But I think there's an awful lot of stuff that's very similar here. I mean, we've got salvage operation, which involves going in a ship... Yep. to get something and then you've got Temeral's Fate a couple of Avengers after that which again involves going down into a sunken ship and getting something oh, well, then you've got Isle of, the, Isle of the Abbey which means going to going a to a pile of undead uh, a pile of undead on an island in an yeah. abbey and then Temeral's Fate which is the same thing yes so Temeral's Operation and Isle of the Abbey you combine the two together you kind of get Temeral's Fate almost yeah yeah very much actually yeah yeah, yeah that's so you've got but then again since the Secret Assault Marsh the second half of that Involves yeah. going onto a ship and uh, that's true in the Commando Star Raid, yeah, which is quite quite tricky for level one or two characters. I think they'll be higher. No, they will be. Won't they? They've got to start off one. They've got to start off at level one or two. I mean, I would be tempted to maybe throw in Isle of Diaby has like a a first level adventure, maybe because then that gives it a bit of thing, and they've got like they're, they're derping around and they're finding out. Yeah. I think Isle of the, so. for me, I think Isle of the Abbey is the least interesting of those. Which is why it makes it quite a strong first level yeah. because you're like trying to um, like learn the basic mechanics, mm. and that would probably and it levels people up, gives them that boost from one to two to three. I think my two favourites: the Sinister Secret, yes, and the Stars. 
think it's kind of bookended there with my two favourites. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense because we'll talk about the size next week. We will talk about the size next week. Yeah, and, um, and that is by, that is definitely, in my opinion, the standout adventure of that collection. Is by, by a long way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and with that bombshell, because uh, we're waiting for. Uh, the game to be out what the actual book to be out 21st of May which is in two weeks two weeks yeah yes. so we'll just about get this done in time fantastic yeah good yeah. timing on our part Gosh, yes. almost like we planned it totally didn't we did but, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just yeah. pretend we did yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously we need to actually get a copy in <laughs> yeah well yeah. depending when and how it becomes available nah well, I think we're probably done for today. I think we are. I think we are. I just want to talk a little bit about the Patreon again. We should talk about because the Because we put out we're going to last, week's, last week's Patreon-only episode. Yes. We put out on the main feed last week. Yes. And uh, we did that because we wanted people who don't support us on the Patreon, of which yes. there are many, yes. to see what the people who do support us on the Patreon, of which there are a few, yes. are getting. Yes. So, um, so I'll put that out and... Um, you can see the sort of extra content that those people get and um, I just really want to say that it's really 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 appreciated yes. um, if you do support our Patreon now, we've got 23 amazing patrons on our Hi. Patreon one Hi. of whom uh, Shane Stacks is going to be coming on our podcast very soon oh. and we may invite some others on afterwards absolutely um, but, you patrons know, have privileges yeah Absolutely, and we've, I've really enjoyed getting to know our patrons as well, and yeah. you know, chatting to them and things like that. They, they've been a lot less patronising than they could be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, our Patreon is over at patreon.com forward slash Morris. That's M O W R U S. And even if you can only, you know, donate a dollar a month, and that means we can start doing things like doing prizes. We can do outreach games. We can do all sorts of stuff. Tell us what you'd like to see. Bonus. Bring us a bit of cash and we'll let you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we'd be super, super, super grateful. And we will do stuff. You know, yeah. if, we, if we got, we got some decent money coming in, we will start doing stuff like running games for our patrons and doing extra content, ep- special episodes and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, we should probably wind up. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's okay, good. well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Yes. We will back be back next week with The Size, the final adventure from Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Bum, bum, bum. The final and, in my opinion, best adventure. Yes. Especially if you like Krakens and Aboleths and dirty, dingy port towns. Yeah. Squiddy. Yes. Yeah, and if you like squids. Yes. And you like nightmarish things and serial killers. Yay. Yeah, all the best stuff. Um, so I guess we will see you next week. We'll hear you next week. No, you'll hear us next week. We won't hear you. Yes. Unless that you, would be weird. Unless you decide to record something and send it in, in which case we will almost certainly use it. Uh, well, it depends what it is. <laughs> it, it does depend on what it is. Then we would be delighted to hear from you. Anyway, um, that's it for this week. Until next week. And goodbye. Right. And goodbye. Have you heard of the week, Morris? Um, got a new car. Did you? Or did, did I mention you? that last week? I did oh. mention it last week, but Daryl edited it all out of the podcast, so I'm mentioning it again to make sure it gets into the main podcast because it is the most important bit of news.